the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800 516 1220. So call in. We'll chat and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking money, investing, and more. Thanks for listening to the show. 800 516 1220. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. We have a caller. Start off. Robin Campbell. Hey, Rob. Uh, I got a question. Um, I'd like your opinion on Frontier Communications stock. Ticker symbol is FTR. It's a stock my mother owns, and she keeps asking me what to do with it. Yeah, I don't know if I have a definitive answer on that. I was taking a look at it uh, before we got on air, just so I could set up a good call with you. Um, I'm assuming she's lost a lot of money in it. Yes. Okay. Uh, in the last 10 years, it's gone from $18 a share to buck ninety-one, and it seems to be pretty close to its 52-week low at this point in time, and thanks for the call. Frontier Communications is a telecommunications play that, in theory, should have worked better than it did. You have companies like Verizon and AT&T uh, competing against you know, some of the upstarts like Sprint out there and um, others. So Frontier Communications is one of those others. So they provide phone, internet, satellite, TV through a partnership with Dish. Uh, so they don't really have anything unique. So the company has more than 7.5 million residential and business voice subscribers. It's got 2.5 million broadband internet customers. They're active mostly in rural areas. Um, they kind of were kind of an incumbent kind of player in the local exchange care. So their markets cover West Virginia, Illinois, Indiana, and New York. Um, I can't make a case for owning it, or I can't really make a case for selling it. It's got a teeny tiny little dividend. At some point in time, they'll be acquired. But at this point in time, it's not going to be a premium to what your mother paid. If your mother could take a loss on it, I would strongly consider that. Um, I just don't get it. Like, there's, It's one of those companies that it just doesn't matter. It, it's, it's kind of a piece of dung. Um, Goldman Sachs is downgraded it to sell, which is one of those rare things that you ever see. But again, could they be acquired? Sure. Um, they're one of those players that is kind of like a, a great story. Like 
telecommunications. They're getting, you know, they're going to all kind of like get acquired by AT&T and Verizon. They're going to be the only two players left, right? Um, Bank of America has got a neutral on it, downgraded from a buy. It just, to me, it feels like they, they need money. And I don't feel like, it doesn't look like they're in a position of any sort of strength. Um, they continue to make, you know, relationships with broadcasters. They continue to carry other, you know, stations and things along those lines. Um, Deutsche Bank downgraded Frontier to hold recently, lowered the price target to $4 from 5 It's at a buck eighty now. So this tells you that, you know, that information is a little bit on the old side. Um, elevated share losses, revenue degradation. So I, if you could take a, a tax loss on it, I'd harvest the loss. My, myself, personally. Sold a burger rise for getting active on the stocks and been on the show. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. That was a fun call. Sorry about your train wreck. Stock has done nothing but go down, and your poor mother has been given bad advice. Um, maybe that's something you should look for more so than anything else is how can you get your mother better advice. Joining me now, Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. Hi, Rob. Hey, Tony. How are you? I'm well. So you do a show here tied towards the mortgage market. And real estate. And real estate. So uh, you had Julie Geyer on this week. Yep. How's Julie doing? She's doing well. She's been in the business 35 plus years um, in the peninsula and in the same market, which I think is amazing. Uh, but, you know, she's she's talking about she's still very optimistic about the peninsula real estate. Uh, but she is mentioning a little bit about how the low-end homes and what this categorize that low-end in the peninsula is right around 1 million to 1.1 <laughs> is really picking up, uh, but there's still a big lack of inventory. It is funny to say that. Uh, in is. fact, I was talking to a friend of mine on the East Coast on the way down here, uh, and he's like, oh, yeah, we had our $1 million um, properties ra- raised faster this last month than any other month. And uh I was like, yeah, um, our two bedroom, one bath condos in some places are one million dollars. Um, so yeah, it's it's pretty weird to say that. That is pretty these, The low end homes are selling for a million plus. Yeah, I, I was driving in today, and I, it doesn't stop hitting me like every week. And I, I tell you this every week when I talk to you and your expensive vitamin water. Um, I know, fancy. So, it, like, how much development's going on? So and it's it's the, what I've found crazy is it used to seem like it took a, like you would almost expect like seven months eight months for a hotel to go up. Hotels now are popping up literally in a month period on the peninsula. A lot of construction, a lot of um, a lot of condo projects, which I think is what the Bay Area needs a lot of. Uh, in fact, there's a pretty interesting report that came out just recently that said that. Um, a national report that is saying that condo prices have gone up over the last five years faster than single-family residents by uh, they're up 38.4 percent and single-family homes up 27.9 and that includes places like New York, which of course we would understand it because there's just no room to build things in San Francisco and San Jose, uh, and that would include everything in between. I expect uh, like San Mateo. Uh, but you're seeing all of these go up, and, and what what I think that a lot of people are struggling with, Rob, is are these really entry home entry homes for first time home buyers? And then you look at the home prices, and it's a little difficult to kind of stomach that whole 
you know, 20% down a, on a million dollar property with a large HOA fee. Some of the HOA fees can go up to $1,000 a month. Most of my divorced friends live with like four roommates. And it turns into like this situation where that didn't used to be the case. It used to be you were divorced and you were a spinster and you'd get your own little apartment by yourself and kind of, so things change, yeah, right? We're our, seeing our perception more, of things. And we're seeing more people do that on a purchase as well. Okay. We're definitely seeing more dual incomes or couples buying houses. We're also seeing more partners, multiple people getting together and buying houses because why rent when you can own? And I, you know, you just have to be careful of the way you set up the, the title and, and ownership percentages based on down payments. But it turns out to be the, the some of the better ways for people to get into these homes, if indeed that's what you want to do. So millennials are the biggest drivers right now of spurring demand for homes. Do you see any difference between the millennials and Generation Xers as far as their approach to money and saving and kind of giving it up for you? You know, because that's what ultimately what people do. They come to you and they say, I want to borrow 600000 You're like, well, you're going to need to put down 60000 We do. Uh, we're definitely seeing a lot more help from family members when it comes okay. to a, you know, And when I say younger, I'm, you know, closer to 50 than than most millennials, uh, younger, 30 to 40 years old, buying properties are getting a lot of help from their, their parents and other sources. Uh, not a lot of people are, millennials are stepping up, meaning they're selling a property and then buying another one with the equity. We're usually seeing the older generation doing that. Um, but we are happy to see that there are a lot of programs available for people with low down payments. For example, there's a great 10% down jumbo without mortgage insurance program that is helping a lot of people get into those $1 million properties with $100,000 down. Uh, for a while there, $100,000 didn't seem like enough down payment. Now it is, but you still have to qualify. A lot of confluence of trends driving homeownership. Yep. We'll talk about the trends, we'll talk about investing, we'll talk about real estate, some good ideas, some bad ideas. Stay tuned. It's Rob Black and your money. You can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. He always comes to my seminars. You can meet him if you want to talk mortgages and real estate um, at any of my events. You can sign up for it at Rob Black Show. Use the code RADIO25. We'll take a break here. We'll be right back. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. One in three kids now live with just one parent. Big shifts ahead. 41% 41% of all kids are born to an unmarried mom. 41% of kids are born to an unmarried mom. 32% of all kids live with one parent. 
Single parenting has been on the rise for decades. The expenses of raising children alone make it very difficult to be a homeowner. Moms are three times as likely to be the single parent, but single dads are rising at a faster rate. 24% of kids live primarily with mom. 8% of kids live with dad. The demographics are shocking. Most articles on falling homeownership have focused on two influences, whether it be the government policy or the economy. But societal shifts, shifts are happening big time. A lot of people have questioned, you know, what home ownership means. Uh, we're on par at this point in time to be sub 61% of home ownership rate by 2025. And that would be overly bearish. Um, so you kind of pay attention to these trends. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Does that surprise you a little bit? Tony Mendez, BayAreaLoanSource.com. 41% of all kids today are born to an unmarried mom. It's definitely different than what I grew up with, but it uh, doesn't surprise me. 32%, which is basically one in three kids live with one parent. Wow. So, tougher to get a home mortgage for one person than it is for two. It certainly is. And for those people who do get separated, for example, um, we see a lot of those cases where people are trying to refinance the house into the other spouse's name, and that becomes an issue, and then the, the, both those people end up staying on the loan and on title, and then that complicates the other spouses who moved out. It complicates their financial situation down the road, uh, especially when trying to buy another house. I'm actually working with a client right now who has um, – the, 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 he's separated. His new wife has been separated. He's paying out child support. She's getting child support. Uh, not child support, alimony. It's like just it gets so convoluted sometimes, but um, it it does shake up the financial situation quite a bit. So we see that kind of end result of it more often, unfortunately. What's interesting? Um, it's just interesting to think about. So things have changed. Society has changed, and uh, uh, we're not living in the 1950s or the 1960s or the 1970s. So your perceptions have to change with the times. I'm, I'm one out of three kids live with a single mom. Yeah. So I didn't know. I did when I grew up. I can't recall. And I grew up in on army bases, kind of. Sure. Um, so we we didn't see a lot of single parents. Um, I didn't know any children who or any friends, kids that were you know had parents that were separated. I didn't know what divorce was until like I think I turned like twelve or thirteen. Yeah. Well, I didn't know where babies came from until I was like 13 or 14, so Uh-oh. I think I was even slower than you. I cracked up my science teacher. I remember um, I was struggling in science, and uh, I really, really needed to raise my hand and be participating and kind of get the teacher's influence. And she goes, we all know where babies come from. I'm like, ooh, ooh, ooh pick me, pick me, pick me. <laughs> and uh, when I said belly button, she goes outside to laugh. Kids on the floor laughing out loud. They all think I'm funny. They thought it was a joke. And, and you I was were like, looking at her like, what? What did exactly. I say? So. Good for you. <laughs> We've all had a moment like that, I think. I hope. I, I was in eighth grade, dude. Bueller. 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 So I see a study released by Zillow says the number one issue for not buying a home is down payment. For renters, it was a survey. Seventy percent of renters said that that's their number one reason for not buying a house: is saving for down payment. Which, which I find again, we go back to the way that Dodd Frank kind of stripped away a lot of these programs. A lot of that is self-employed borrowers. Uh, Dodd Frank stripped away one of the, I think, one of the most important products out there, and that was stated income. 
Now, stated income isn't really stated income. You just don't say, I make this much. You, you, they, they take an you know, industry average for the, the type of work that you do, and they apply it to a, a statistical area like the Bay Area, and they say, you make this much, and they apply that towards your income. Well, self-employed borrowers write off a lot of income, a, a, a lot of deductions. Sure. Let's say you're W-2'd. You still have the same, possibly the same kind of deductions where a self-employed person um, uh, would write it off on their, their tax return and end up with a net dollar amount of income, and the lenders don't use the the gross. They use the net as opposed to a w to an employer where they use the gross. So the... This can, I, is, can I teach you something about radio? Yeah, that's kind of Never bring up net or gross again. When you bring up gross, you're like this. You're like... So I put some pudding under my bed, and one day I came back, and it was really gross. But when you start pulling in net and gross and talking about down payments, just say people are poor. People can't get enough money to put together. So there's a, a large class of people, you're right, that um, are, are in that 70% that say they can't save debt for down payment. But there's debt issues, student loan issues, um, high rents are yeah. hurting people's ability to save money. It feels like people should be crowdfunding, right? Possibly. Um, I want to buy my first house, and, you know, hit up all your family and friends kind of thing. Well, it's also funny, too, that the, the, the renters still have the ability to buy property. They just don't have to live in the property. One of the things that we run across all the time are people say, oh, I can't buy a house in the Bay Area, but why, why not buy it somewhere else? You can at least have somebody else building equity during that time well, that you are renting. Yeah, the reason why you don't want to do that is because there's people out there who prey on you know, buy real estate out of town and there, put there you are in crappy positions. Um, it's actually easier to buy a rental property than it is to buy a single family property. You just have to have the twenty percent down, and again, you run into that issue of huh. of down payment. But a twenty percent down payment here on a median home price could be one hundred forty thousand, one hundred fifty thousand dollars, where that is a fifty percent down payment or more in other places in the United States. So I, I'm, we're just talking about the mindset of of renters saying that we have to buy a primary residence when there are, are still other opportunities. I mean, we've talked about, um, you know, allocating your assets, and, and if you want to get a piece of the pie, and, and it, it is indeed real estate. I love pie. I do, too. Okay. It's not gross. I'm thinking apple pie right now. What are you thinking? <laughs> lemon meringue. Oh, lemon, huh? Yeah. I don't like lemon. I love lemon. It's one of my favorite, favorite uh, fruits to use in huh. cooking. I like cooking with it with a chicken, but not with pie. So, I don't know. I want something fresher. So, that's all I got for you. Yeah. So, 70% of renters in the nation's top 20 metro areas said their main obstacle is a down payment on buying a home. Insufficient credit and lack of job security. Job security? Huh. I don't even think about that. So, if you want to buy a home, if you want to refinance a home, if you want to get a vacation property, check out Tony. You can find him at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Listen to his radio show here on KDOW Thursday nights at 6 p.m. You can find out more about me by going to Rob Black's show. You can find out more about Tony by going to BayAreaLoanSource.com. Call Rob 
Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. I have the privilege of sitting next to CFP Chad Burton, a very longtime friend and partner. Uh, you can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. He does a show here as well on KDOW. You can always find it at Apple iTunes and get a podcast. You can find him at Facebook, newfocusfinancial.com. And that's where he posts the radio show as well. So you can get a copy of it there. That's probably the easiest way to find it, newfocusfinancial.com or newfocusfinancial Facebook page. Uh, we'll take you straight there. Um, and for those who follow me, you should follow him because we do very different things. Um, there's some overlap, but not as much as you would think. So you and I do events, Chad, and if anyone ever wants to sign up for one, they can go to newfocusfinancial.com and sign up, and there's a lot of information there. There's a lot of downloads. There's a couple of videos. Um, but one of the big concepts for me is retirement income because right now the job is the income. Yep. And in the end, you and I kind of had a discouraging conversation about this. Jobs are going away. Um, so... Well, I think this is going to be disrupted. I think it's, I mean, it's really hard to separate this because it's like you're going to hear about probably more muted GDP growth in the next several years. Okay. Because, you know, the idea of returning to 3 to 4% is going to be really tough to do. But is that necessary when companies are making so much money overseas? You actually have to look at global growth, not just U.S. GDP. And jobs here, even though it's going to be tough on the lower end jobs for those people. If you have money to invest and you're investing aggressively right now and saving, not just, you know, it doesn't matter what, but just investing, mm-hmm. there's going to be ways to make a lot of money off those changes and those disruptions because companies that maybe are only growing their earnings by three to 5%, they're going to continue to be able to cut costs. So their earnings might be growing much higher than that. So it's going to be, it could be great for stocks in the long run. I mean, we, we could only be a few years into a, what's the next bull market based on new ti- science and technology, artificial intelligence and all that coming together. Great for investors, tough on people that, you know, are way behind on retraining something that's, that they need to get into to be able to make money or one invest. Of the, one of the companies you're talking about without talking about it, is a company like an Apple where they're going to obviously continue to automate, automate, automate and, uh, their services does and it's doing well. So people can live off the income if you have Apple stock. Um, so mm-hmm. stocks can pay you income, which is kind of what we're talking about here, income in retirement. Yeah. Um, your portfolio, do you still kind of buy into the rule that you need at least a million to pay you 40000 Yes. And, and that's really, really pushing the limits until, you know, interest rates on bonds increase. But, I mean, if we go, if you're listening now and you're 30 or 40 years old, even in your 20s, the happiest people in retirement, the ones that I see, are the ones that have positive cash flow real estate, okay. always paying the money, right? Right, managed by somebody else so they don't have to worry about it. Sure. Um, and then they have a good chunk in dividend-paying stocks right. that always increase their dividends, so that could be uh, you know two and a half, two point eight percent yield or right. so coming in. And then some income from like Social Security, other guaranteed sources, and they tend not to sell. Shares. They don't even. They're not worried about bonds as much in a low interest rate environment because they have so much passive income coming. And stocks. If you buy stocks that continue to increase their dividend, when the market falls by, you know, every seven to ten years, we get those twenty to thirty percent declines, which you should be buying more, not selling. Learn that lesson. 
right? A lot of people don't. They still, they'll sell at the bottom. But those stocks still increase their dividends even during the downturn. So you get paid to wait. And so you, you start to care less about the daily fluctuations or the monthly changes on your investment statements if you know that income's coming no matter what. And that's a great place to be in retirement so you can enjoy life versus worrying about what the balance on your statement is at the end of the month. In the end, there's states like California that are very expensive because of the income tax and the sales tax. Mm-hmm. Would that be a consideration that you would have, something you would talk about at a seminar, for instance, um, that people can sign up for at newfocusfinancial.com, get in for your radio code, radio 25? Um, mm-hmm. Would you leave California? Um, I, th- I think people that have lived here for a long time and have the low property tax base, once they retire, if you do your income planning strategies right in terms of blending from your taxable accounts, your retirement accounts, and your Roth IRAs, the tax marginal or the effective rather tax rate that you pay, even at the state level because of certain deductions and things mm-hmm. like that, isn't as much as you might think. But if you are struggling to meet your income needs in retirement because you haven't saved enough and you know you're going to need to tap that equity in your house mm-hmm. and you know you're going to need that to do that the next three to five years, I'd be pulling the trigger right now, and I'll be honest with you. Yeah. I mean, yeah. the prices that you see here, absolutely unreal. I mean... I've got a low-end home, <clears throat> but it's a high-end price. Mm-hmm. Um, so I live way beneath my ways and means, but it's $1,000 a square foot right now. Right. And that's like Manhattan. And you're like, whoa. <clears throat> Manhattan's nice and lovely, and it's got some perks to uh, high-paying jobs and such, but um, I haven't seen any price increase in the last two years. I've seen a decrease, and you see other markets that are increasing. Um, so maybe some low-end homes in the area, but what's a low-end home? You're taking a gamble and then picking up a condo, and there's no shortage of condos in the world. I mean, it's when my test for do I want to be involved in real estate in the current market mm-hmm. is if... If I can put 20 to 30% down and get a traditional 30-year loan yep. on the rest and pay a property manager to manage my mm-hmm. rental property, I don't want to have to find renters and do credit checks and all that garbage. Um, and they're going to pay, they're going to charge usually 8 to 10% of the income somewhere around in there. Unless you're in a vacation area, then it's like 30%. Right, right. Um, and then I've got, you know, net of my property taxes and everything else. If I can, you know, make sure that that's not negative cash flow. Yeah then, okay, that's fine. Somebody else is buying that asset for me, and all I have to worry about is short-term vacancies where I might have to fund the mortgage for a while. Um, if that start, those numbers don't work anymore, I'm not going to be involved in that market. There might be some you know, construction flipping opportunities, but I'm a business owner and I've got four kids. I don't have time to do that. You know, that's what, not my job. <laughs> so, I hear you. And even that's kind of overblown now when you're getting multiple price offers on something that's kind of needs to be torn down and rebuilt. Yeah. You, go travel and find some different areas. That's why so many people are living in the Northwest now and traveling to the Bay Area three days a week to work and then working from home two days a week. You know, a couple of years ago, that same story was people were living in Vegas and flying to and from daily sitting to the Bay Area. Vegas. I can't. Ugh, I hate Vegas. What do you hate about Vegas? I just... I don't like it. Okay. I need trees, water, and snow, and they have, they have They have all those inside of, of casinos. <laughs> yes, they <laughs> so do. You're right. They, have even, they even have New York inside one casino. So. And Paris inside another. Right, right. And it's fairly convincing. So It is, kind of. Especially after a few drinks. I'm like, wow, that's, that is the Statue of Liberty. It's right there. Actually, in Vegas, it's the Statue of Bigotry. <laughs> it's just a slightly different version. But uh, that's neither here nor there. 
Um, so you do an event called Retirement Income Strategies and Estate Planning. People can sign up for events that are coming up at newfocusfinancial.com, newfocusfinancial.com. Um, one of the things that I find fascinating in our industry is the word products. Mm-hmm. And one of the things you go over is good and bad retirement products. Yep. Uh, what's a bad retirement product? Um, a bad retirement product is most of the time it's when you get into something that you think has certain guarantees, but you really don't understand it. And it comes with a lot of paperwork, uh, giant, thick prospectuses, um, and periods of time where you can't get out of it. They're, they're bad. They're horrible. You need a good financial plan has flexibility because there's no one right answer for every financial situation. It depends on your family, your risk tolerance, your, you know, all the traditional things that your advisors say. Um, but even the products that I like for retirement right now, mm-hmm. like no load annuities that are completely liquid, but they have a certain income guarantee for life. If we get a return to interest rates where I can ladder corporate bonds at five to 6% again, yeah. I will not like those products anymore. They'll be they'll be out of the the quiver, so to say. So, um, but until then, they're a good bond alternative. And so we talk about what are you know what is a bond alternative? Stocks that pay high dividends are never bond alternatives. REITs are not bond alternatives. It's got to have some sort of a principal guarantee or an income guarantee, depending on what your your goals are. Um, so some people have money that's set aside that's supposed to be the safe side of their portfolio. And the first thing you do, what is that money set aside for? Is it set aside for principal protection? Is it set aside for it's in case I go into a nursing home when I'm 80 or is it I need income from this money that never goes away? And, you know, most most products sold by insurance agents, if if somebody comes to you with financial planning advice and the first thing they do is show you a product, run. Okay. And typically by showing you a product, they're showing you a glossy uh, report or a glossy, you know, packet of information. Yep. I feel bad about products like even this station has some people that know that there's a financially savvy audience. Mm-hmm. So they will market to them and they'll say, you know, guaranteed 7% return. I'm like, you can't guarantee that. There's, you can't guarantee that. No, the, the, the internal fees are huge um, in that. And so all it ever guarantees is once the account goes to zero, they'll continue to pay you. And so the likelihood of that happening, the insurance company knows, is very low. A 60-40 portfolio has never lost money over a 10-year period. So it, it, that's kind of what they play off of, and then they're getting fees along that entire period of time. Uh, at the same time, you know, the, the, my favorite people to hire, Rob, are yeah. people that get recruited by the Northwestern Mutuals or the Ameriprises of the world, and they go through the product sales training. Yeah. And they start to come to realize on their own that it's not the right thing to do in terms of where they want to go as a financial advisor. And then they want to go into the fee only fiduciary world, but they still know about those things and when they're actually appropriate, Okay. then they're really, they can end up being trained to be really good advisors. It's good stuff. Chad's got a slew, a crew of good advisors. You can find him at newfocusfinancial.com. It's newfocusfinancial.com. Anytime there's an event coming up, you can go to newfocusfinancial.com, sign up for it, use the code RADIO25 to get in as a radio listener for free. Um, little Matt and Kim taking us to break.
Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. One of the interesting, is this interesting? I don't know. I'll ask Tony Mendez from BayAreaLoanSource.com if this is interesting. Uh, There's a website out there called GreatSchools.org and forward slash California. And then you could punch in like a city that you might be interested in, like San Mateo or San Carlos or uh, Oakland. And it'll show you the best schools in that area. And when you do it, you could actually, um, for instance... Click on that elementary school and so you go to greatschools.org forward slash California. And what they'll start showing you is houses near there. So you'll get a good review of the school, but like companies like Zillow have started to figure out like what helps a home's price and they'll match, you know, the best school district with the houses that are for sale near there. Um, and I find that fascinating to me. Um, I think it's incredibly, incredibly smart. Uh, yeah, I think it's a great idea. It's one of the reasons. If you and I were to say, you know, let's invest some money in a house. Let's 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 go in together as a team. And uh, you were like, I think Stockton's great because you can get five houses for a million dollars. And I'd be like, but schools are bad. Let's go for you know somewhere that's got great schools, but you're going to pay a lot more money. But you're also going to probably save a lot of downside in a worst case scenario because there's always a mom that wants to move in per se. Yeah, I think that's a good idea. It's you know, when you tie the whole we're buying a house because we want a family and then we want our schools to be good for our kids. Uh, you tie that together, you have a pretty good combination for the you know, protection against the downside. I think it's really what a lot of people are fearful against. But, um, you know, most people, when they buy a house, they're buying it because they want to live there and they want to grow a family there. And uh, if you do it right and you qualify and it's not going to be a burden on your budget, um, I think that you have to, if you can ride out the cycles, I don't think it's a big deal uh, if there's a loss on the downside for, you know, temporarily. So picking the schools, I think it's going to help you with that. Right. Yeah. And it's like living next to a hospital. You kind of want to live in a city with a hospital, but you don't necessarily want to live right next to a hospital. And you're like, first thought, you're like, I'm right next to a hospital in case something happens to me or the boys. You could rush us to the emergency room. And then you're like, okay, that's great. It's a great hospital, but then you go, oh, but at night, I'm going to hear sirens. I'm going to hear ambulances bringing people to the same emergency room. So it's funny. There's sometimes no right answer. There's just kind of big compromises. Uh, renovation boom right now is turning people's homes into ATM machines yet again. Uh, how often do you see people come to you and they want to renovate and they want to take equity out of their house and see what that looks like? Yeah, pretty interesting stats. So we in back in 2005, 2006, we got to about 89% of all refinances were a little bit of, you know, some sort of cash out transaction. Uh, last quarter, it was 44%, and just that's this recent quarter, it was 49%. So that's growing. Uh, we're seeing a lot more people saying that an equity line doesn't make as much sense as opposed to a total refinance, especially when we see these rates kind of bouncing off the bottoms that we've seen recently. Um, so it gives people opportunity to take some really cheap money out. With mortgage rates so low for so long, most borrowers are opting for a second loan rather than refinancing their current mortgage to take cash out. Second loans, such as home equity lines of credit, are booming. 
You and I talked yesterday. I was, I've got a mortgage right now that maybe I want to sell my home and use that equity elsewhere. But I'm like, I don't want to sell the mortgage. Like, how can I keep the mortgage and not, and, like, it sucks. Yeah. And, and it's so know, good that you're tied to it. Should I get a $200,000 equity line at, you know, whatever, prime plus or prime minus and, and then risk having that the prime rate go up, which could it could happen. It, you know, we're on schedule for, you know, to a year. What is prime right now, roughly? 4%, I believe. Okay. So if you're getting an equity how do, line. How, how, how do equity lines work? So Let's say you get 200000 Is It's a t- pure adjustable. And it's going to be the the rate will be set prime plus or prime minus. Right, it could be prime plus zero. So this would say it's four percent, and if the prime rate goes up, your interest rate goes up, and it's adjustable every month. How so, long do home equity lines of credit last? Last. So it, the the payment is based off of thirty year term. Okay. If you do the principal and interest payment, the draw period is usually ten years. A lot of these come with interest only for ten years, and then it balloons at twenty years. I Means you have to pay it back in twenty years. Okay. Do people pay it off earlier? Can they pay it off? Well, see, that's that's where, um, let's say you are selling or you, you want to keep your house and buy another house and take the equity out, but you don't want to touch your first loan. And you look at an equity line and go, um, I can get this equity line. Am I going to hold it for the term? Am I going to have somebody else pay it off with the rent? Um, or can I pay it down? It's all about how fast you can pay it back because when you get an arm, which this is, at low interest rates, um, you really have very little room for it to go down. It's going to usually go up. So you're 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 opening yourself up to more risk on the upside, uh, interest rate wise. But the um, in the whole picture, it's about your total payments for most people. What's your aggregate interest rate? But if you can pay it back quicker, that interest rate effectively is lower. The nice thing about an equity line is if you can pay it off in chunks because it is a pure adjustable, it will change your payment. Lower as opposed to what a 30 year fix to do that, which just shortens your term. I'm with you. So we've got about a minute left. You can find Tony at bayarealonesource.com. It's bayarealonesource.com. There's a lot of options and Tony and I were talking about some options for me. And one of those, cause I don't want to sell the mortgage, but I want to get some equity out of the home is a home equity line of credit. Um, and it's kind of a funny way of you're selling it now. You're selling maybe $200,000 of your house now. You're paying it back, but you're taking that money and putting it elsewhere. So a lot of financial planners, a lot of financial people do something like that. You can find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's BayAreaLoanSource.com. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Find Tony at BayAreaLoanSource.com. It's a load on Friday. No work till Monday. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.